0: on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Are you ready for some football?
1: <laughs> That's right, Mike. It's a second annual WPAN Fantasy Draft.
0: Oh, uh, my goodness. So, well, yeah, you roped me into it again, Kingpin. You roped me into it again. We're going to do a draft of the best wrestling feuds of all time. Is this correct?
1: I got to get creative with these things.
0: You certainly do. Well, we'll get into that. Plus, there's so much more going on in the world of Brian Malonis and your promo but nothing a little later on and so much more. But first, tell him George.
2: I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 125, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring, and joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars. Now, he is a Ring of Honor wrestler. He's Mr. Inside Edition, the kingpin of trios, Brian Malonis.
1: Hey, it's good to be back on my own show.
0: Yeah, I think we can string a couple together here now.
1: <laughs> I'll try, buddy. I'm, I'm I'm a busy guy. What do you want out of me? Somebody's got to uh, get some notoriety on this podcast.
0: <laughs> You're taking this highways and byways thing seriously these days.
1: You're the one that wrote into the podcast right from the first one, so I, I blame you.
0: Yeah, so last week we had your trainer on the podcast, Coach Mike Hollow. You set up the interview, you booked him, and then you no-showed. <laughs>
1: Hey, no sure. I told you I had I had a prior engagement that I had forgotten about, and that was the only night we had to do it.
0: That's true. And then uh you were off to the King of Trios, so you were uh, unavailable all weekend
1: long. Lovely Easton, Pennsylvania.
0: What's why are you holding your nose?
1: <laughs> it's you know, it's a place that I went and I wrestled <laughs> and I came back. Where'd you stay? the Hilton? Oh, jeez. I don't even re name? Is? no, it was like the Allentown something or other in it was actually a pretty nice hotel it, look, it looked like it was like like a chain hotel previously that maybe somebody bought out privately it's pretty nice it's fine that's good yeah it was really good they had the free breakfast you know and Sarah uh, kaylee birchall walking around eating breakfast so there you go
0: yeah nothing wrong she's, with that.
1: she's not, no nothing wrong with that at all <laughs> lovely lass so,
0: so yes the king of trios chikara's signature event uh a whole weekend there's some other show going on elsewhere but for the kingpin, it was all about the king of trios, right?
1: That's right. Yeah, and, and which is, I mean, the king of trios is one of those things. Like it's, it's like it's pretty cool to be a part of it. It's, it's one of those like checkbox sort of things a lot of history with that tournament as far as independents go and a lot of history with Chikara Chikara being one of the one of the best independents in the country for however many years they've been around now so it was really cool it was really cool to be a part of that and yeah the the eyes of the wrestling world were elsewhere on Saturday night but we had a full house all three nights and um, was a lot of fun a lot of really cool experiences and uh, ran into some old friends
0: yeah, you mentioned on this podcast when I asked you who you were um, looking to possibly get in the ring with over this weekend, you said, quote-unquote, the Nexus team. I guess we can't say that. That's a copyright, but the They, they were are-
1: the Nexus Alliance. That was their name on the team uh, of trios. They okay. were called the Nexus Alliance.
0: And it did happen, correct?
1: It did happen. It was a quarterfinal matchup.
0: Tell everybody the special significance to you versus the uh, Nexus Alliance. Well, it's a couple. <laughs> okay, yeah, why do you get into
1: that? Well, I mean, the first one's the obvious one is Darren Young, Fred Rosser, Fred Sampson from Chaotic Wrestling. I don't know how many times we wrestled, but uh, Jesus, I felt like I wrestled him for three years straight at one point. <laughs> Whether it be uh, singles matches, tag matches in Massachusetts and New Jersey. I don't think I ever wrestled him in Delaware. So, no. um, but uh, whether it be training camps where we had the camps with Pritchard, or um, so I wrestled Fred a, a ton over the years, and uh, hadn't kind of one of those things like I thought I thought a while ago, like I'll probably never wrestle him again. And then lo and behold, here we are, same place at the same time, all these years later. So that was that was pretty cool. Uh, and then the other one was a kind of a, a rematch of sorts with Michael Tarver. Uh, who ate my lunch one day?
0: Yeah, you talked about this way back <laughs> on the podcast. Do you want to remind people?
1: Yeah, so we went to went to TV and WWE um, WWE TV in
0: like the early two thousands. Yeah,
1: yeah. Whenever they did the Nexus, whenever the Nexus thing was around, it might it might even been it? yeah, because they I think they were doing like NXT season two at that point because like Percy Watson <laughs> was there and uh, I got in the ring to roll around with Michael Tarver and he just. Just ate my lunch. Just you know, just beat you down to the canvas. Didn't let you. Yeah, up. not like stiff or anything like that. Just took over and just like yeah. Every time I would go to take something, he would just kind of get up back on top of me, kind of mush my face in the mat type of thing. So yeah, so it was a rematch of sorts. So I did talk to him about this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All all all, <laughs> all is good. All is good. Um, how, I, I, you, how do you broach the subject? So it was after the. I waited till after the match. Okay. <laughs> Very strategic. So I said, I said, this is actually not the first time we've ever wrestled. And he goes, Oh, really? Where do we wrestle? I said. I was booked as an extra for TV one time, and I got in the ring with you, and you absolutely ate my lunch. And he laughed. He, <laughs> la- he laughed. He hysterically. Uh, he indicated maybe you know that he didn't do that under his own volition. Maybe that that uh, might have been instructed to do that to extra talent. Uh, really, in various towns, but uh, you know, well, we had a good laugh about it, and I, I was ta- I actually mentioned our good friend Mike Mills to him oh and, yeah uh, yeah yeah so it was a good conversation and we i mean we, we we really like we actually had really good chemistry in the ring together he gave me a t-bone suplex <laughs> okay there's a, a gif of it online um but yeah it was i mean even we were talking about like psych like you know hey maybe we should try to make this happen again somewhere sometime in a singles capacity so it was a great time and of course the third member of the team was justin gabriel who i have no history one way or the other with and i don't even think i uh Touch, oh, i think i took a super kick from him in the match okay <laughs>
0: so that match uh, you were happy with what, what about the other matches you i don't know if he's mentioned this yet you made it to the semifinals, right you're one of the final four teams
1: yeah yeah so, so you made it all the way to day three yeah so the first the first round match we uh wrestled their grand champion uh, mr touchdown yeah
0: well uh, kim i heard that he got injured is this
1: uh you're... you're, you're I no yeah he he uh, he he broke his leg. What'd you do? I didn't do anything. It was just, uh, it was the bulldog uh, Bret Hart suplex over the top rope type deal with uh, Chris Dickinson. So uh. yeah, so uh, yeah, so it was him Dasher Hatfield and Boomer Hatfield. Uh, we had a really we had a really good match with them. We had a lot of fun over the weekend. Uh, you know, so there wasn't like an
0: audible call to, because of that injury. It was just that was. How it's supposed to go, or
1: Mike? What are you talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm a
0: flashback to Max Smashmaster on this podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean,
1: I, I will say this about Chikara. Chikara does like to keep um, some of the mystery, um, so I'll probably be a little less forthcoming over some of the details. Um, than it would be for other promotions, out of respect for Chikara and um, the promoter of Chikara, Mike Quackenbush, who who is outstanding wrestler, outstanding trainer, outstanding booker, and um, runs a really great company down there. And talking to him about coming back at some point, so I think I don't think he's seen the last movie of Chikara, Chikara either, which is fun and exciting.
0: So who did you fall to in the end?
1: The Resistance.
0: Okay. They, yes. they ended up winning, correct?
1: Yes, they did.
0: You didn't get in there with the uh, the ladies?
1: No, no. No, I did not, thankfully. No, okay. <laughs> there was two teams of all ladies. Or was there three? I think it was just two. Um, there was these girls from Japan mm-hmm. who their name escapes me now, and then uh, some ladies from Australia. So international flavor.
0: It was. So overall, a good experience. You talked about possibly... There may be something in the works in the future, so you have all good things to say about Chikara. Yeah, and yeah.
1: I mean, we were set up really nicely. We told a nice story throughout the weekend. I mean, we were the the uh, the conquerors from beyond wrestling, the evil conquerors from beyond wrestling, and who was going to end up toppling us? Type of type of story that was running during that. So yeah, it was very cool. I was happy to be a part of it and. Again, one of those cool kind of moments or things to check off. You know, I've been part of the Super Eight tournament, the top prospect tournament, now the King of Trios. Now I just need to make it to Bola, and I've I've done the there rounds on the indie tournaments <laughs>
0: and the King of the Ring, if they bring that back.
1: <laughs> I would love to be the King of the Ring. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So uh, speaking of six man tag team, six man tag team matches. You know, we usually are here in your kitchen these days recording the podcast. Uh, let me just give me one second here. All right, I just took a look. I just took a look in your fridge. I don't see a six-man tag team title in there, so I'm wondering how it went with the Bouncers and Silas versus Cody and the Young Bucks. They made it out alive, apparently, because they got to All In in Chicago.
1: <laughs> well, well, Mike. I mean, it doesn't air until September the 29th. So, <sighs> uh, I mean, I would, you know, if if the belt is indeed here. I, I will have it hidden from you because I don't want any spoilers on this podcast. So uh, after September 29th, when we record after that, there may or may not be a, a world six man championship here. Uh, not, <laughs> not even for John Morse. <laughs> no, no spoilers. I mean, if you want the spo- Ring of honor, puts them on their website for Christ's sake. Well, what was the feeling
0: before, during and after this match? The, you said <laughs> last time where we talked about it, the biggest match so far. Of your career.
1: Yeah. I mean, to wrestle those guys a week before All In, slight spoiler, uh, to drop a leg from the second rope onto Cody Rhodes, <laughs> sweating bullets because I don't want to be the guy to injure Cody Rhodes a week before the biggest show of his life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was awesome. I, I had such a good time and, uh, those guys are pros, and and I mean, just being around them, it's not hard to see why they're they are where they're at. Um, but even calling the match with them and and actually getting in the ring performing with them, it's it's easy to see why they're at where they're at where they're at. And uh, to come out, that was kind of a really cool feeling in Philly to come out and just we have instant heat. There because everybody's got a fucking Bullet Club T-shirt on. I was I was walking down the aisle, just everybody had a Bullet Club shirt, which is pretty much everybody just going loser, loser, loser. <laughs> and,
0: and by the way, uh, we failed to mention this was the main event of the show. Yes, and the old DCW arena. Yeah. the Kingpin main eventing for Ring of Honor.
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of uh, like fake life sort of stuff. Yeah, there, um, you know, main eventing a television taping. I put a little thing on my personal Facebook page, but not my public Facebook page, but about, you know, I don't know. That's, that's just it's why I still do it, you know, to uh, you still have those cool moments where, you know, to main event with some of the biggest stars in the world um, in the ECW arena, which is one of the most famous wrestling venues in the country, if not the world pretty cool like just pretty cool stuff and and hopefully it just keeps building from there you know hopefully we're on the march to msg uh, at this point but yeah really awesome stuff i mean um found out the night before that we were main eventing so i mean i i i had a feeling it might be because it usually the bucks and cody are usually on last yeah Because it's a five hour taping and people really want to see the Bucks and Cody. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, save them for last. But the specialness of that and the coolness of that, not lost on me to main event that building for uh, one of the, you know, biggest wrestling companies in the world against, again, the guys who are setting the world on fire.
0: And they set the world on fire for all in. And that whole weekend, I mean, neither of us were there, obviously. But what's the feeling you're getting after? I mean, over 11,000 people in that, in that venue uh, run by those three guys, independent of any promotion. What's next in independent wrestling once this has happened?
1: Yeah, I mean, the first one, it's the first one, so it's really special. I mean, I, I don't know if that's going to be something they're going to do yearly. I don't know what the future holds for them. If not them, I don't know if anybody else would or has the cachet to do it. Um, Uh, I I don't know. I I mean, I don't foresee, you know, and Ring of Honor is starting to go the way of arena shows, but right now I don't see that as an independent thing where like, you know, chaotic wrestling is going to be running – Lowell Memorial Auditorium or something, you know what I mean like I don't think that's gonna be like the future of independent wrestling. I think that was something very special. Um, and it would be cool if it became like a yearly thing if their journey keeps them on the independence um, it would be cool if that was like the the culmination of the year or something you know and they bring all the all the top guys who are independent and put them all in one show. I think that's a really cool thing if they continue to do that. but how do you keep it fresh? How do you keep it special every single time?
0: That's gonna be inspirational as an independent contractor like yourself for a long time to see it's possible. I mean, MSG next year, you may or may not be a part of that card. Just the fact that you don't even have to have a Ring of Honor contract. And you somehow you can get to an arena of ten plus thousand people and make an impact without a, a big money deal behind you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it just shows the how the wrestling business has changed. Um, I I think it's a one. Obviously, it's a credit to uh, the guys at the top there and the guys really driving it. But at the same time, too, it's really indicative of of how the world has changed and in, in the way that fans all across the country and the world can consume whatever they want via <laughs> an internet connection. You know, you're always connected. All these people who, uh, who, they don't live anywhere near, like there's people who have never seen the Young Bucks on TV or live, but probably have seen them all over the internet. So, um, it's kind of crazy. The, the, the social, social media is, you know, aside from the guy, I mean, the talent always has to be there, but the, the social media platform has allowed, I think some of this growth because the world has just become an, an incredibly small place with YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and all this shit.
0: Yeah, I mean YouTube, the YouTube show being elite was kind of the backbone of this whole event, which is nuts.
1: I'll tell you what, they don't got six point four million views on any of those, but you know they're doing all right.
0: <laughs> is it still six
1: point four? I don't know. Let's look, Mike. I'm sure. I'm sure it's much more by now. Let's look it I up. I mean, that was like two weeks ago. <laughs> Come on, the Bullet Club aren't doing those numbers. I talked. To, I brought that up to Cody. You did. What did oh, he yeah, say? Yeah, brought it up to him. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he laughed. <laughs> he tried. He tried to book you. <laughs> I was like, Cody, I'm I'm busy, man. Oh, my God, Mike. What's that? 7.4 million.
0: Wow, a whole mil since
1: last time we spoke. 1 million additional views since the last time we talked. I'm on fire, baby. I guess so. (laughs) Don't read the comments, though. (laughs) Don't read the comments.
0: (laughs) And speaking of the cake being everywhere, I saw a video. I think it was Leo Rush's Twitter right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Can
0: you talk about this? Describe (laughs) this for the people?
1: Yeah, I don't know. This is some stupid vignette with Leo Rush. But, you know, I had a very limited interaction with Leo Rush, but he comes upon uh, Limitless Keith Lee, who's wearing an I'm a Pinhead t-shirt.
0: <laughs> Designed by me. Yes, there you go. One of the Kingpin's
1: uh, old t-shirts. You he- broke it into popular culture. I
0: certainly did. <laughs> so, yeah, it was very uh, kind of funny to see. Keith yeah, Lee. Keith's
1: my buddy. I gave you know, I hooked him up with a t-shirt a while ago, and I appreciate him... Uh, Getting it on, you know, getting getting some views. I don't really sell that t-shirt anymore, but hey, maybe we can get it up on uh, BrianMalonis.com. Do you like how like I segued right into that? Perfect. It's a perfect segue. <laughs> BrianMalonis.com. Right, where you can get you can get t-shirts, but you can't get that i a pinhead t-shirt. No, that is limited, uh, limited release. We'll that get is it up there at out some of point. Print. Yeah, we'll get it up there at some point.
0: But what is there is the Mastodon shirt. Yes. The original Kingpin logo shirt, now in gold. Yes. the uh, What's the other shirt?
1: The Curtain Jerker T-shirt, and the Mega Malonis T-shirt. Of
0: course. How could I have forgotten? (laughs) So those,
1: all those... The Mega Malonis T-shirt coming to an independent wrestling show near you very soon.
0: Oh, really? You're getting some printed? Yes. Unbelievable. So make sure you find that at your local venue. We'll talk about later about where you can find the Kingpin, but BrianMalonis.com, if you can't wait to get your Malonis gear, go to that website, or you can go to the WPAN.com. That is the website of the podcast there's a link to merch there that'll take you to brian Malonis.com. plus ways to subscribe to the podcast find out all the ways to get the podcast delivered to you each and every monday plus there's some um, photos nudes we got them up yet <laughs> no 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 nudes yet
1: no all so. partial nudes <laughs> we'll see what we can do some side wiener Oh, my. <laughs> it's like side boob, you know? Yeah, side side wiener. That's
0: that's basically all wiener, right? It's, there's no,
1: there's no, well, no like you, you you have the rest of it covered. It's just the side of it, like in some undies or something. <laughs> You've. Uh, Don't show me with your hand. You're like... (laughs) Oh, you want me to show you what I mean? No, 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 (laughs) no, no, no. no, no, no. All
0: right, thewpan.com. You are safe. There are no nudes up there right now, so go and take a look at the website.
1: You got to pay for the nudes.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Putting Over Podcasts is the Facebook group where we're talking about all wrestling podcasts. Go to Facebook, put in the search bar, Putting Over Podcasts, and uh, join the group and discuss and enjoy. All right, Kingpin. This is your baby. Every year now, it seems like we're doing a draft around the uh, start of the football yeah, season yes. just to uh, make me miserable because you <laughs> talked... Uh, when we used to work together at the Dildo Factory, you talked about drafts all the time. You listened to mock drafts, I did. which is a... I listened a, to the
1: mock drafts of fantasy <laughs> fantasy sports.
0: Just something that I cannot comprehend. So you uh, sprung it on me last year and i allowed it i'm allowing it again this year because you know all all ideas go through me as the <laughs> it is true as the, <laughs> as the leader of the ship
1: oh wow
0: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway we are going to do a draft of the best wrestling feuds. How is this going to work?
1: All right, Mike. Well, I, I, you tell me, Mike. I, I had We had originally talked about it, and I threw a little curveball at you today, and it feels like you're all out of sorts since... Now, you
0: go with what you go with your second, okay. your
1: new idea. Okay. So, my, my whole idea with this is we're, we're going to get three picks each, Mike, because I want to delve into these a little bit. I want to talk about them a little bit. Right. Um, and, and why we're picking them. So, here the rules are very simple three rounds each. You get one WWF feud. You get one NWA slash Crockett slash WCW feud. And you get one wild card that can be from either or elsewhere. Elsewhere. Yes. And that's it. And then you get one wrestler one time so if you pick a wrestler uh, I can't then pick a different feud of that wrestler so we're really getting just the the best feuds of some of the the best wrestlers you're not we're not gonna get every pick is gonna be Hulk Hogan you know like right you get you get one Hulk Hogan feud if the if you're so inclined. Bossman versus nails. (laughs) There you go. You can only use nails once.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So
1: how do we decide who goes first? Well, Mike, we're in my home. I'll let you pick first. Really? Yeah. I'm the home team here. I'm the. You know, this is my home. I'm in my comfortable settings. I'll give you the first pick.
0: And we're gonna start with WWF, or how do you want to do this? You
1: can. You can pick them in any order you want. Because I see. Yeah, this is like a draft, Mike. It's you know. You might pick something that I want. All right. I'm gonna start with what we know. WWF.
0: It's what we grew up around, right? Much to the chagrin of Mike Mills. My number one pick. The number one pick in the best wrestling feud draft. Phew, this is tough. Okay. I mean, wow, I hate to take this off the board, Brian, because this man holds a very dear uh, place. You don't
1: hate this at all. In your heart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure if you rip that shirt off, you have a, a tank top with the word Hulkamania emblazoned across it. But I am going to say Hulk Hogan versus
1: hmm Randy Savage. Oh, uh, that would have been my number 1 pick too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh I'll let you you, you can you can kick it off. It's your pick. I I could I could talk for hours about it.
0: I mean, it's the classic story. Two guys come together, they're best friends, and something comes between them and they split apart. One guy is just a bitter evil man, a year worth of uh back and forth between them from WrestleMania four when Hulk Hogan helps Randy Savage win the WWF championship in the finals of the tournament against Ted DiBiase, which was my first event that I ever really watched and really engrossed myself in. I was ensconced (laughs) in WrestleMania four and I was a little confused as to why Hulk Hogan was cheating to help, Randy Savage.
1: But <laughs> Hulk Hogan always cheated.
0: <laughs> he did. He raked the eyes with the boot, <laughs> the whole deal. But um, Savage was uh, christened the next guy by Hulk Hogan. They, they were together. They were the mega powers, of course. They went on to that year's SummerSlam and faced the mega bucks. Andre the Giant and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. But it's always a woman, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it's always a woman
0: that comes between
1: them, and what a woman she is, huh? What a woman, when, hubba, she, hubba. when she took her
0: bottoms off <laughs> it's at Summer see, sleep '88, teeny weeny red bikini. I guess it wasn't even a bikini. <laughs> oh yes, well, I think
1: it was a bikini bottom. No, I think it was like a one piece bathing suit. I had the figure. Oh, was it one piece? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a one piece when they when she took the skirt off.
0: Okay, uh, yeah, I, I can imagine that. It wasn't a lot of skin.
1: I bet you can imagine. <laughs>
0: I've imagined uh, <laughs> night after night for a long
1: time. And, and the storytelling on it was brilliant. Even there at, at, at that SummerSlam, where um, there's, the, I think she's hugging Hogan and Savage has the arms out like, what the hell is going on here? Just yeah. very subtle, very quick. But um, And then, like, where he. He helped, Hogan helped
0: Liz onto Savage's shoulder. Yeah. And like, Bachman T- <laughs> focused on, like, yeah, the fact that he had his hand on her uh, posterior yeah. for a moment.
1: You lust in your <laughs> eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yeah, like I said, a year long storyline that paid off at WrestleMania 5, uh, where um, Savage, as the champion, fell, of course, to Hulk Hogan, as most people did back then. But uh, the just the Savage, that main event, where uh, I was like, how could that be fake when Savage is tossed out of the ring and lands on top of Elizabeth, (laughs) that was, like, shocking as I watched that. Just the fact that this full force just landed on And all these years later, you realize, oh,
1: how could that be fake? Well, because it's not fake. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) He really destroyed her. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, it came back with a commercial, and Hulk Hogan's like, "Uh, what's the T-Zyme, brother? What's the tease
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've never seen this. No? No, I've only heard, like, legend of it. I've never actually – laid eyes on it though
0: so this would have been your pick over hogan andre
1: yeah that would hogan savage would have been my number one pick uh just because of i think the storytelling with it is 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 brilliant and it was just so entertaining and the mat i mean that's the thing for all the you know all the hulk hogan versus andre probably the biggest match in the history of wrestling but the matches are also terrible <laughs> like they're not mm-hmm. good matches i mean they they have suspense or whatever but they're just they're not they're really not good matches where i think hogan savage resulted in some good matches as well
0: is there any other hogan feuds that uh, you considered
1: I mean, I had Hogan, Hogan, Andre on yeah. my list. I think those are the those are the two. I mean, the other one I actually kind of thought about was, uh, it's a little unconventional, but it's Hogan, Bobby Heenan. Yeah, I had that on my list too. Which, which to to me, like, I mean, Bobby Heenan was uh, was maybe the biggest foil for Hulk Hogan. He just kept getting different people to. Uh, you know, he had Bundy at, at two. He's the one that turned Andre. Bobby Heenan was always there and in, in, in the, the adversary for Hulk Hogan.
0: And kept, like, despising him all the way through, even in WCW. Yeah. Just refused to be on his side. Whose side is he-, he on?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, but it was
1: consistent for the last decade, you know?
0: It certainly was. Uh, so, yeah, I, I had Hogan and Heenan on my list as well. But... That is the first pick, Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage. The mega powers explode, and it go to you for your number one pick, your number one best wrestling feud.
1: Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, I could go WWF here, but you can't block anymore from my WWFs at this point because you went WWF first. Right. I I guess technically you could. You have the wild card still. Boy, I don't know. This is tough because I'm thinking, like, maybe I want to go Cro- my Crockett Promotions one to st- steal something away from you, mm-hmm. which I think I will. I think I will. I'm going to take somebody away from you right now so you can't take him away from me really? in the second round. Um, when I think uh, of NWA, Crockett Promotions, WCW, as it later became when I was growing up, uh, there's one feud to me that comes to mind. Uh, and, I, and I don't know why it, it just does. I mean, I, you could probably make arguments that there were more classic feuds. But the feud, when I think of, of being a kid, that comes to mind for me is Ric Flair versus Sting. Like, mm-hmm. to me, that was the NWA slash World Championship Wrestling slash Crocker Promotions. Ric Flair and Sting, and granted, I wasn't the biggest WCW fan, but those guys I knew, and those guys I knew hated each other, and I remember watching them wrestle one another and always being on the opposite, opposite sides of one another. I mean, to me... it it is. It's it's it, it's Jim Crocker promotions. It's it's the it's WCW. Uh, when I think of that, they wrestled on the first Nitro. They wrestled on the last yeah. Nitro. Sting versus Flair to me is WCW.
0: That's basically yeah. That's the hallmark feud of World Championship Wrestling of the NWA. And yes, it was on my list. So you did rob <laughs> that one from me. But yeah, uh, Rick Flair basically made Sting at uh, I think it was the first Clash of the Champions. They did a forty-five minute draw. And after that match, Sting, I mean, Sting came in from UWF, from Bill Watts Promotions that was bought by Jim Crockett Promotions. So Sting came in with a bunch of guys like Rick Steiner and Terry Taylor, a bunch of guys like that. So Sting's first big test was Ric Flair, uh, Clash the Champions for the uh, NWA World Championship. And Flair did what he does and bumped around for this big guy with a blonde flat top and Face paint, and after that, Sting was a player, and he remained a player. He and the look may have changed, and remained
1: he, a player until a couple of years ago when exactly. he, when he you know, was forced into retirement.
0: Yeah, I mean he owes it all to Ric Flair, and I think uh, Sting agrees with that—that that he owes it all to that match with Ric Flair and that feud that carried, like you said, to the very last WCW show, the very last yeah. Monday Nitro.
1: Yeah, it was very, very fitting. I mean, the other Flair feuds that always come to mind. Obviously, Dusty Rhodes is the, is the one I think is yeah. the other one that I think people might gravitate to if you're going to pick another one if you're going to pick another like quintessential wcw feud i think you do think of uh of flair and dusty roads or ricky steamboat yeah ricky steamboat that's the other one you know ricky steamboat and and rick flair that series of matches i feel like i mean were the series of matches better than like the actual like feud or storyline like you know like uh, um, The,
0: the thing with those two feuds though uh i mean there is story there and it's like It's meaty. It's like Flair, the arrogant guy with money, and Dusty Rhodes, the common man. Flair, just the guy who's got all the girls, and... Ricky Steamboat, the family man who's got his wife and his little kid on his arm. There's a story there. I mean, I didn't watch the TV week to week, so I don't know how much they they played into that kind of stuff, but you see there that they have the makings of uh, just two guys that are just complete polar opposites.
1: Yeah, I mean, the common denominator, obviously, in all these is Ric, Ric Flair. Flair yeah. yeah, I mean, it, I mean uh, it, it's crazy to me that WCW kind of like – Cheapened him so much at towards the end of his run, and WWE had to kind of rebuild it. And I know Mike Mills might be pissed about that, <laughs> me saying that, but they really—I feel like Ric Flair was really devalued by WCW towards the end. So. Oh yeah, but yeah, so they're uh, all right, Mike. So the way this goes now, it's like a snake draft. So now I get the first. No, pick no, no, no. Yes, no, yes no. it
0: is. Stay, wait, you throwing this on me now? The oh snake boy. draft? That's how fantasy drafts work. That's how we did it last but year. That's only six picks.
1: Oh my god! That's how we did it last year. Right. go ahead mike go ahead go ahead you get the first pick in every round
0: that's Jeez. a that's a good idea um
1: fry baby all
0: right here we go um,
1: that damn paternity test coming back by the way <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: all right. Hmm. right i'm gonna go with my wild card pick wow this is like six feuds out of everything that's ever happened in professional wrestling, yes. every promotion. Yes. It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts that we have to narrow this down to three each, right? Three each. Unbelievable. So, my wild card pick, there's just like, I mean, it's
1: so ripe. You could go anywhere. You could go to Chaotic Wrestling for
0: the. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going there. Um,. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go with the feud. I'm going to leave something on the table for you that I know that you'll appreciate. So I'm going to go in a different direction. This feud got real. We're talking about the 1990s. We're talking about two guys who were at the top of their game, two guys who were seen as basically equals at the top of the card, and things just got crazy. Things just got nuts. But they had great matches. And uh, you can't get uh, better than this feud just because you didn't know what was going to happen week to week. Because they didn't know what was going to happen week to week. Because they were just saying things they shouldn't be saying.
1: It was a shoot, brother.
0: <laughs> doing <laughs> things they shouldn't be doing. Correct. I'm going to say Brett the Hitman Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Another
1: one I, I had on my, on my list of potential here for all the reasons you're saying it, like it became real and i think that came through the tv yeah
0: i mean i just i still remember that night sitting there watching survivor series 97 and just they go off the air right after Shawn michaels holding the belt up in the aisle like basically booking it out of the arena right after the bell rings goes black i'm with a group of people we're all just like what
1: john the- michael's like jumping up and down the aisle with the belt yeah. right that's like the that, and that's jerry like briscoe's the shot thing, guiding yeah, him out yeah that's the shot they go black on
0: and i'm no one knows what the hell was that a shoot what
1: what, no, what did you just see like, yeah yeah
0: it's just, it was one of just one of those moments that you'll never forget as a wrestling fan not knowing what the hell just happened
1: now you you were a subscriber of like the wrestling Observer newsletter at this point yes were you like dying for like that next yes. issue I was calling the hotline man <laughs> <laughs> I had to know because <laughs> I imagine like I mean if I was a subscriber to the newsletter at that point I would have been I mean that was the infancy of the of the internet too yeah. so I mean that was just really the start of and I think I think WWF put something... they put something weird out about this match or potentially being Bret Hart's last match or...
0: Yeah, the week before, someone let it leak that he was going to WCW. You know, you can have conjecture about who was the uh, party that let that out there. Some say it's the WWF, but... That week leading up to it, it was known and you know people were chanting at, at Bret Hart, like, you, know, you sold out, you sold out. So he was going into that. And going into that, people knew that he was leaving and going to WCW. And if you watch the movie Wrestling with Shadows, I highly recommend it. A great look behind the scenes of the WWF at that time. I mean, he basically, he was told that they couldn't afford his contract. They signed him to a 20-year deal. And Vince ended up telling him, "Maybe hey, contract ar- kind of
1: sucked." By the way, like the yeah. money, like money wise.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, strung it over a long period of time. He re- he would retire and then become part of the office or whatnot. But they just really uh, detailed it very well. The fact that Vince said, "We can't afford you. Go see if you can get an offer from WCW," and he did. He left. Uh, basically, Vince. Helped him and told him to leave, and then they basically put it out there. Yeah, Vince is leaving, so all the fans turned on him. Brett,
1: Brett is leaving. Yes. Yeah, Vince is still there.
0: Vince is still there. He is uh, <laughs> still doing his thing, but we all know what happened with Vince after that, and that possibly could be something we talk about a little later. perhaps. But Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, the two guys that were the best in-ring wrestlers at that time in the WWF, and it's too bad that they couldn't necessarily get on the same page and have... I mean, they still had great matches, but there was just so much more to it, and I I think that's kind of a a theme with this. It's not just great matches. It's got to be a great story, something you can grab onto to really carry you through. I mean, anyone can have a great match in a vacuum, but to have that story that carries you through the entire length of the program that's what really makes uh, a, a top feud to me and that's what really i have my list here I
1: guess, is it my pick now mike i suppose all right so uh i'm gonna go a little outside the box here okay now you probably think like my wild card would probably be something from wwf but i'm gonna go my wild card here and it's not gonna be from wwf wow it's gonna be from wcw during the monday nitro era and it's wow. something it's something very memorable it's i i wouldn't even say it's a main event feud but it's a super, super memorable feud. There are moments in it that people still remember and still talk about to this day. Uh, I'm talking about the Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko feud, which really, would you say, helped Jericho break out at that point? Like, was that the quintessential, like, breakout Jericho feud, do you think?
0: You trying to kiss OVP's ass right now? <laughs> they always talk about the Chris Jericho and Dean Malenko. But... uh I I, th- I would say so. I mean, yeah, Jericho was just kind of getting going as a heel, and um, he needed something like this to really put himself on yeah. the top.
1: Yeah, and when you think about where where Chris Jericho is, is the entire you know trajectory of his career and where he is now, and all the things he's accomplished, like this is kind of where it started. This is kind of like the beginning of it, and. Bashing uh, Dean Malenko's father, and it was Dean Malenko. What reti- lost retirement match or retired and seemingly was gone from WCW. The, the the man of a thousand and four holds, where he was reading the list on Nitro through a commercial break. Uh, the, it was a Cyclope. Yes, am I saying I that so, correctly? Yes. Yes. Uh, Dean Malenko wins the battle royal and comes back. So it's you know it was great. It was great storytelling, and uh, really when you again, when you think about the history of, of the last twenty or so plus years of pro wrestling. Chris Jericho is one of the central figures of that. He's right up there, I think, You know, maybe a notch below the Rocks and the Austins, and he's like that next level down. And this is kind of where it started for him, I think, a very important feud and a very entertaining feud. And I wasn't a big WCW guy, but it's one that sticks in my mind.
0: Now, we have six picks for best feuds. Dean Malenko was one of the people in one of the top six feuds of all time, Brian Malone's
1: <laughs> well yeah, I mean Are you yeah. shitting me? <laughs> you don't you don't enjoy this feud. Chris Jericho is not worthy of a spot in this in this list.
0: I, I would I would say that maybe Jericho Rey Mysterio might even be a little better.
1: Every, every time we do these lists, we do my picks and your picks, and you spend most of the time just criticizing my picks. They're my picks! Dean Malenko is in one of the top six feuds of all time, all years, all promotions. That is a fantastic, memorable feud, Mike.
0: Well, you have Michael Quinn in your corner. I don't know about anybody else in the world.
1: <laughs> we'll see you on Twitter. The people interact and they'll tell us. Let us know what you
0: think out there at the WPAN on Twitter. What's your feud? And would D be anywhere near your top six feuds of all time? Let us know.
1: <laughs> all right. My final pick. Sorry for trying to be entertaining. My <laughs> final pick.
0: Uh, so it has to be from NWA, WCW, Jim Crockett Promotions. Wow.
1: You can't use Ric Flair. You <laughs> can't use Ric Flair or Sting. And you can't use Chris Jericho. That's true, isn't it, huh? Mm-hmm. And you can't use Dim Lenko either. <laughs> uh, can't use Hogan either, huh? No, you can't. Hmm. You can't which really means you can't even use the NWO.
0: And Savage. There was a there was a, I had I had oh. one in my, I had in my head for a second, it's but like a
1: method in my madness here?
0: I guess so. When it gets down to the wire, this is how it works with these drafts, huh? You huh. get a little strategy involved, yeah,
1: chicanery even.
0: <laughs> huh? Now, I <laughs> if we're uh, transparent here, we originally had this done a different way, and uh, we in, did. in the original way, I only had one NWA slash WCW feud down. It was Flair versus Sting. So I am uh, working off memory here. Oh, boy. (laughs) So this could be be something
1: else. Bet you're wishing we were doing the snake draft right about now. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Okay. Outside the box.
0: Oh, man. You said I can't do the NWO?
1: No, Hogan was in the NWO. Oh, come on. Hogan was in the NWO. You can't use Hogan. You can't use Savage. Uh, fuck. You could use the outsiders versus somebody. I was gonna say you can't say you can't see the outsiders versus WCW. It? It. NWO versus WCW was Hulk Hogan centric.
0: Ah, oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> oh
1: I'm not, sorry, I'm not letting you cheat. You cheat in everything else we do. I'm not letting you cheat on this.
0: Oh, oh, boy. Um.
1: I, th- I think your kid is graduating high school at this
0: point. <laughs> All right. How about this? Like, how about this?
1: Okay. Bri- little Brian is has graduated high school at this point, and he's he's going on to college. That's how long you took to think of something.
0: Okay. okay. We talked about Brett versus Sean. There was some realism involved that really captured our imaginations. This feud that I'm picking here from my third pick, NWA slash WCW, had some realism. Not in terms of guys personally hating each other, but guys personally kicking the ever living piss out of each other. (laughs) And that is Big Van Vader and Cactus Jack. Those guys killed each other. In yes. WCW.
1: Well, I think I think specifically it might have gone one way. <laughs> yes, it
0: was Vader just batting about
1: beating the dog shit <laughs> of Cactus Jack.
0: And ripping his ear off. Well, not directly, <laughs> but in Germany, yeah, his ear came off and he matched with Vader. But Vader power bombing Cactus Jack on the floor, no mats, just brutal. I'm sure Big Foley wish he could take that one back. So all these years later as he gets a hip replacement. I mean they
1: they have invented a pay-per-view, did they not? Like I'm pretty sure they may invented a pay-per-view even. This was a this is a big time feud and and really one I think especially for WCW during that particular era and wrestling really in that era, like that level of violence in those matches was kind of unheard of there's i think foley talks about the story in his book of having vader try to bust him hard way and just keep yeah. punching him in the friggin' eye over and over again
0: yeah that was yeah that was the kind of something a precursor to what wrestling has kind of become today where it's it's not barely connecting with punches and stuff like that it, it's like cleaning each other's clocks <laughs> and you know just saying i'm sorry in the locker room afterwards this is yeah this is like basically the start of all this stuff where people are just killing each other out there these days and i would link this all the way back to cactus jack versus van vader
1: yeah uh yeah i think these again these matches were brutal if you haven't seen these matches they're all over the network there's there's a yeah. there's, there's a number of them on the network where it's just yeah for, for whatever reason there's was just beat the shit out of each other for real uh I, I can't say that i've been in any, any of those where uh I, I did have a guy uh when i was on top of him one time i kind of like you know like mounted for punches uh keep screaming at me to hit him harder and harder and harder and my hand was pretty sore afterwards but what do you mean harder <laughs> harder no it, it was, mr it usa no 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 it wasn't okay him. <laughs> but um <laughs> but yeah, these matches were brutal. Great. A great pick, Mike. I love that view. Thank you. That's a great pick. Why was that, that so all difficult on my own? Why was that so difficult for you? I don't know.
0: <laughs> it just it, it popped in there. It, it, it took me a while. And rest in
1: peace, Big Van Vader.
0: Yes, indeed. So the final pick of the draft, Goes to you, and it is the WWF pick, correct?
1: It is. I saved my WWF pick for last because I figure we'll, we'll have a lot of a lot of meat on the bone, as you talked about uh, to talk about with this one. No shortage of. I, I could go in a couple different directions here. Um,
0: I think I know where you're just trying to real, stop between. There's a
1: real obvious one. Yep, and there's one that's same time frame involving one of the same principles. That's obviously that's also real obvious as well. Um, I
0: left this for you <laughs> you're welcome
1: so I I think I'm gonna go with the slightly less obvious one that's still pretty obvious um, because it involves this one involves two wrestlers right um, instead of the wrestler and the owner yeah uh, of course I'm talking about stone Cold Steve Austin versus the rock. I mean, uh, to me, that that was my like my high school years. That that feud, uh, you know, you got the Rock, uh, five thousand dollars shirts. He's the People's Champion. He's the corporate champion, and you get Stone Cold Steve Austin, the anti-hero, foul mouth, middle finger-flipping. And what people, I think, kind of fail to remember, everybody remembers that they've had the three big WrestleMania matches and and some other big moments along the way. But these guys feuded, like, before they ever feuded for the WWF title, they also feuded for the Intercontinental Championship as well. Like, the Austin-Rock feud went on for even, uh, you know, I think longer than people even realize. Like they, I think when you think of that feud, you think of the WrestleMania matches. You think of them fighting for, for the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 15 and 17. Uh, but it, it went back even further than that. I mean, uh, Steve Austin tossed the Intercontinental Championship into a river here in New Hampshire. To me, uh, I, know, I know a lot of people might argue Austin McMahon, but uh, Austin Rock, to me, again, main event at three WrestleManias. Just outstanding stuff.
0: Well, I think this is more uh, encompassing because we kind of – with Brett Sean, my pick. We're kind of talking about Vince there, because Vince, the Vince character, came out of that. So we got now we got Austin and Rock, which is a, a different thing, but in that vein still. So I, I would go with Austin Rock over Austin Vince. I agree with you.
1: And in that kind of in like the shoot sense too. Uh, there really was like a off camera feud. I don't think to the level of Bret Hart Shawn Michaels, but of two guys competing to be the guy. Like yeah. like I think I think in no other era i mean hogan was unquestionably the number you know number one guy cena has unquestionably been the number one guy i think right now people might not like it roman reigns is unquestionably the number one guy and that era for there was a stretch where who is really the number one guy and, and you look back historically and see what they've become who was the number one guy was it the rock or austin austin oof <laughs> i was a rock guy I know you were.
0: I know you were. So I left him out there for you. Yeah.
1: But that was, I mean, that feud, tremendous. I mean, aside from the the ill-conceived Steve Austin heel turn at WrestleMania 17 in his hometown, or his home state at least, really outstanding stuff. I mean, The Rock, second to none on the microphone in that era. Um, Great feud. Absolutely great feud.
0: Well, I agree with that pick. It's amazing. Austin Rock left on the table for the last pick of this draft. And uh, unbelievable. Dean Malenko. (laughs) Dean Malenko. That's a
1: great feud. Dean Malenko is involved in one of the top feuds of all time. Uh, What's some other ones, Mike? You had rapid fire here. We won't go into depth. What's some other ones you had on your list? Some honorable mentions. Yeah. Jake the Snake versus Rick Rude. Okay.
0: Great story there with Cheryl Jake's Roberts, wife. Yeah. Yes,
1: the the tights. Her face the, printed right on Rick Roode's package, right on his <laughs> dick, and then
0: his him getting those uh, tights ripped right off of his ass. <laughs> Rick Roode's dong. <laughs> yes, Rick Roode's dong. How about you? Give me one.
1: Uh, I mean another one I had. I had I had Steamboat Savage on here. I thought that was a was a great one. We could have talked about at some point where, um, you know, the ring he, bell and the throat. Yeah, uh, crushed his larynx and you know came back and defeated in 3 jesus so many hogan i mean Ho- hogan could be i mean yeah hogan piper we didn't talk about hogan rock we didn't talk about some of the wcw feuds hogan sting like hogan goldberg yeah hogan goldberg um here's one for you it could have been in the wild card what about the sandman and raven
0: yeah i i have a hard time putting the ecw feuds in the Top six of all time. I don't hate ECW. Net negative on the business. It was a net negative on the business, according to me. But I I just can't. I mean, there's also Tommy Dreamer and Raven, which is, uh, you know, the the whole story of them being childhood friends, and they took that all the way through ECW. But I just, I I just can't put it in that upper echelon of of the best wrestling feuds of all time. But I can understand it. Uh, How about? Uh, two guys that we've talked about they would be off the board we'd be unable to pick them Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels
1: yeah yeah I had that I had that on my list as well the, uh, just the- that, is the, again, the realism. Yeah, because uh, Jer- uh, Shawn Michaels was Jericho's childhood hero. I- I'll never forget the moment. I think it was at WrestleMania 19 they wrestled where at the end, Jericho's in tears and he goes to give him a hug and just kicks him square in the ball. Yes. you know. And I, th- I think they later on came back to for another feud as well. Well,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm thinking about because when freaking uh, Jericho punched Shawn's wife in the
1: face. That's right. And then put Shawn Michaels' face through. The uh, Geritron three thousand, whatever it was, and, well. and,
0: and they tried to blame that on his on his, uh, <laughs> his crossed eye. Yeah, good god.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's so many. I mean, uh, one, you know, I mean, we talked about a little bit Dusty Flair. What about T- Dusty Rhodes and Tully Blanchard? That could have been. You know, I think I think you think of some of the promos or Dusty Rhodes versus the Four Horsemen, I guess. Yeah, really. But we we'd already taken Flair off the board. How about this one? A little bit outside the box: the Hardys versus Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys.
0: Yeah, I had that on my list. Yeah, I mean, that was I mean innovative. The latter match, the TLC matches, just stuff that you've never seen before, and uh, hopefully you never see again.
1: <laughs> one I thought for sure you were going to go with in your wild card was the Freebirds and the Von Erics. I thought I thought you were going to go there.
0: I Yeah, I I didn't have that on my list, but uh, I did consider it. I did consider it. But it's one of those things where how much can I talk about it when I didn't really witness it (laughs) at the time?
1: And then I'll throw one more that I thought you were going to go with because I I, I know your affinity for this time frame. The Ultimate Warrior, Rick Rude. I thought that might have been another one you might go with.
0: Wasn't on my list, but it was considered as well. Uh, Rick Rude, uh, of course, The Finish. WrestleMania 5. That how many is,
1: times have been replicated on indie wrestling shows? I saw it today <laughs> on, a, on a YouTube video <laughs> of
0: someone grabbing the uh, leg, holding it down from the outside as the heel uh, pins the baby face. Still, to this day, it is happening. <laughs> um, how about this one? I mean, you can't get much better than brother versus brother. Bret Hart versus Owen Hart.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I told totally, the totally one that just kind of escaped my – my memory or my mind as i was putting this together and ironically i was i was on king of trios this weekend with a fellow who was sort of involved with that with that angle he was in the match where owen turned on brett i'm talking about uh pierre the Quebecer, pierre the Quebecer, pco pco is he really nuts Nah, no, he's a nice guy. He remembered. He remembered, we talked about the uh, the show that uh, that uh, I was on with Killer Kowalski when I traveled with him to Montreal and the and the cash box went missing. He remembered that, and he actually said he'd seen me on Ring of Honor and he liked my work. Oh, like he and and I all I did was I went and said hello to him, and I said, and he just said, "Oh, hey, good to, good to meet you." And I said, "Actually, it's not the first time we met." I, I, and I told me, and he laughed because you know, because of that show. And he goes, "Yeah, I seen you on on Ring of Honor," and he told me, you know, he liked my work. And I, I just I, that was, you know, that I don't know that makes you feel good when somebody who's had the career he's had, you know notices something like that so
0: if you want to go back and listen to that story about killer kowalski and the cash box going missing i think that was the episode called the road yes it's a big story about uh you traveling with the late killer kowalski we talked about him the past couple weeks here on this podcast so if you want more killer kowalski stories check out the road really in the early days of the wrestling podcast about nothing so are we done with our draft
1: yeah oh yeah Would I, do you got anything else about anything else that we're gonna get in heat if we don't mention uh, i think that's
0: just about everything i had edge versus matt hardy okay which was again uh steeped in some realism over lita i mean there's nothing more real than rods yes <laughs> there's always a woman isn't it
1: <laughs> the only other one I, I would say that we probably should mention the rock mankind i think that was a great feud too Right, where Rock scrambled his brains fifty thousand times. <laughs> he did, Rumble. but and even like the halftime show one, which was which was pretty cool, the empty arena halftime show uh, match for the Super Bowl. So good stuff. Lots of good stuff. Lots of good memories. Uh ones that certainly would have made list if we hadn't put some restrictions on this. So, what were your three feuds they picked? My three feuds, Mike: Ric Flair, <laughs> Rick Flair, and Sting. Yeah. Chris Jericho and Dean Malenko. I know you're very upset about I
0: do, it. I do remember that one, yes.
1: <laughs> and and Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock.
0: And my three were Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and Big Van Vader and Cactus Jack.
1: Hmm. You're going to give me crap about Chris Jericho and... And Dean Malenko. I
0: certainly am. And hopefully everyone is on Twitter (laughs) as well. We want your feedback. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter. With your take on the episode, your thoughts on our draft of the best wrestling feuds of all time. Get in on the discussion on Twitter. Use the hashtag WPAN. Or you can call the voicemail line. We want to hear from you. Get your voicemails in. We will play them right here on the podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And let's go to the voicemail line. We have a voicemail, Kingpin. It is from Mike Daugherty, a.k.a. Mike Diesel. Let's take a listen to his voicemail. All right.
2: Hey guys, what's going on? Great two episodes about the life of, uh, Killer Kowalski. Really enjoyed it. Um, just had one quick story about meeting him for the first time ever. I was 19 years old working construction. I thought, you know, I'd take a shot at going to wrestling school. Seeing what that was all about. I never lifted a weight in my life, so I don't know what I was thinking. But, uh, I looked up Mr. Kowalski in a, in a yellow pages book, called him, cold called him, told me where to show up. Went there after work and sat next to him and um watched some kids in the ring. And they were doing a lot of move, a lot of moves like the Hardy Boys were doing with the the jumping off the back and all that stuff and, and aerial attacks. And he was getting mad at them and he was telling them, you know, when a guy's down, you gotta you gotta stay on him. Don't give him a chance to get up. You know, you don't need to be doing flips over each other.
1: And then you know
2: he called him out of the ring and, and brought him over towards me. He goes. And they go, well, you, you know what we're doing, right? Like, you you know what we're going for there. And I was like, well, yeah, kind of. And then he, and then, and Walter got up out of his chair and he goes, well, what do you think they should do? Should they stay on them or they, should they do more aerial assaults? And I was like, um, I don't know. I got to go to the bathroom. And then I left and I never went back because I was terrified of them. All right, guys, keep up the good work. <laughs> Sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta go to the bathroom.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much, Mike Doherty, Mike Diesel, for your uh, thoughts about Kira Kowalski. Yeah, I really enjoyed the last two episodes talking about uh, Walter with uh, you, with Sheldon Goldberg, with uh, Jamie, and with
1: uh, Coach Hollow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Really sorry. You know, I I missed that one, but the show must go on, right?
0: Yeah, thanks again, Mike Doherty. Uh, we really appreciate your voicemail. But if we want but we want to hear from you out there, so call 401-584-9726. All right, booking the territory the unprofessional wrestling podcast with Mike Mills. Twice a week, they do the podcast on Sundays and on Thursdays. Sundays, it's the Smoky Mountain Show. Thursdays, their flagship show where they're talking about World Championship Wrestling, the old NWA 605 show. Make sure to check out MikeMills.Podbean.com for all things booking the territory. How about our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. They talk about the old school wrestling with a northern flavor each and every Monday. So right after us, take a listen to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Go to ovppodcast.com for more on that great show. Plus, greetings from Allentown. How about greetings from Allentown with PW, Peter Winson. Each and every week, each and every Thursday, he talks about a single episode of wrestling television and brings uh, his own special flavor to the festivities Uh, it has to be heard to be believed so check out greetings from allentown each and every thursday and finally the rundown wrestling podcast with jason stewart adam sauls or sal all the rest over there on the rundown wrestling podcast feed so much over there so make sure to subscribe and enjoy all right brian it is time for this week's promo but nothing but before we get into that, you are hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing the screen nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got dates.
1: I do, Mike. And it's a couple of returns, like a it's like a big return weekend coming up here. Cause on Thursday night I returned to Chaotic Wrestling in Woburn. Uh, for Thursday, Thursday night. night yeah Thursday night chaos uh, check out chaotic wrestling.com for ticket and card information then on Saturday night I head back to Peabody Mass for Liberty States Wrestling it's been a while since I've been there but good to be back for Liberty States Wrestling find Liberty States Wrestling on all social media platforms for ticket and card information and then I return to Beyond Wrestling on the right. 6th Sunday the 16th the
0: conquering hero
1: <laughs> yes not exactly
0: would. but sort you did, of you
1: did alright <laughs> yeah did I yeah. <laughs> made to the final four and that's in East Greenwich Rhode Island at the Varnum Memorial Armory check out beyondwrestlingonline.com for ticket and card information then, Mike, at the end of the month, I'll be heading to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh. Uh, yes. Uh, the pay-per-view is on Friday night. I, I don't know if I will be on the pay-per-view yet. I'm going to guess I'm not on the pay-per-view. But it's de- Ring of Honor's death before Dishonor weekend. Uh, pay-per-view Friday night. And then Saturday night, Ring of Honor's international TV taping at the Orleans Arena. Not not at Sam's Town Casino, as it has been in the past. Uh, Ring of Honor stepping up their game and, and going to big arenas now. So this is very exciting.
0: And that's great. RHwrestling.com
1: for ticket and card information. No, that rounds out the month. We'll stop there. We've rambled long enough. Let's get on to the promo about nothing.
0: All right. Well, the year is 1999. And the past couple weeks we've been doing WCW. Let's give it a little equal time and go with the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, my friend.
1: Anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation.
0: And it does here as Terry Taylor... Do you remember the stint of him as an interviewer? (laughs) Vaguely. Well, he was interviewing Steve Blackman, your favorite and mine, this week's promo about nothing.
2: I know Steve Blackman, there's something you have to say. You bet your ass there is. Shamrock, it's real simple. I'll step into your world, the lion's den, if you step into mine, and that is weapons all around the cage, and anyone bad enough to get one can use it. So, this way this thing's got to end one way or another! That was it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Quick and painful. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Blackman, you thought promos in 2018 were awkward when guys are staring slightly off camera? This guy was talking to Ken Shamrock yelling directly at terry taylor (laughs) the most awkward (laughs) shamrock he's pointing at terry taylor the interviewer not looking at the camera did yelling you th- Ken Shamrock's name to a gentleman's face who is not Ken Shamrock. Do you
1: think that's what threw him off when, when he had that awkward silence there and he <laughs> realized like, oh shit, that's not Ken Shamrock standing in front of me.
0: <laughs> no, I think he just ran out of things to say. He's not a good promo he at all.
1: He did up with some intensity at the end there.
0: <laughs> you think he was covering it up there? Do you?
1: I think he was trying to. I think,
0: I think he was as well. <laughs> so yeah, you could tell he was kind of faltering at the end. He ran out of things to say. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to really Punch it at the end (laughs) to really put an exclamation point on this thing.
1: End it strong. Steve Blackman, huh? Steve Blackman, not known for his promo abilities. Think how much money Steve Blackman probably made, too, in wrestling.
0: I don't know. He was there at the right time. I mean, I guess low six figures, maybe just over six figures. No, what do you think?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I I figure he did pretty well for himself in the Attitude Era because he was there for like the majority of the Attitude Era when everybody was making crazy money
0: yeah i don't know uh he did great with those glow sticks though
1: (laughs) no one does glow sticks like steve like steve (laughs) blackman hey dx ripped him off so (laughs) he did did.
0: uh do you prefer the promos of today with guys staring off into space or do you prefer yelling at the wrong person on camera
1: Uh, for entertainment purposes, I'll take yelling at the wrong person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> go and check out the video. You have to go and see this. Shamrock is nowhere to be found, but uh, I guess Terry Taylor looks kind of like Shamrock, right? No, no, not at all. No, not even a little so bit. So go check it out. You heard it. Get the full picture. Find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at our website, thewpan.com. All right, Kinkpin, we are back right here next Monday for episode 126 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, here's the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.